0: We continue learning about Alicia's bear attack and his interaction with the city that he was visiting. We learn how one should push with his left, with his weaker hand, and draw closer with his right. We learn about Gechazi, Yeshua ben Parachio, and Yeshaya Noitri. Then we go back into Agla Arufa stuff what we do with the Egal after the Agla Arufa. What happens if different Adim come testifying that they found the murderer? And that leads us to the discussion of Echo Nemun and a discussion of different events that, because of the depravity of the generation, we stopped doing. We were talking yesterday about the mitzvah, the Chiyuv of levia of escorting our guests out. Rabbi Echonon, in the name of her mayor, says that anyone who does not escort the guests, it's as if he killed them. Because if the ansheir Yerichoi had only escorted Elisha out of their city... He would not have sent the bears onto the children. The Possum says, They were taunting him and saying, You stole our Parnassah. You made the water sweet in Yiricho when it was bitter. We used to make money bringing in water. And the asks, like, Why are they called Naorim Katanim? Are they Naorim, like teenagers, or are they Katanim, little kids? Shabbalozer answers that they were deprived of mitzvahs and kitane amona. They had little emuna. They didn't believe that Hashem could give them parnasa some other way. Others say that while they were older, they were acting, they were being mavaza themselves like children. Have Yosef asks, who says that Na'rim means kin- like that age group, maybe Na'rim was just a place where they were from. We see this in other places that there was a place called Ne'uran. Maybe they were just katana, actual children from Ne'uran. The where says, no, over there, when it said Nara, katana, we already knew, we didn't know where the place was, so we used the word Nara to mean from the place of Ne'uran. But over here, we knew he was in Yerichai. So Nara actually means an age. Now, Elisha turned around, he saw them, and he cursed them. What, what's this, what did he see? What does, what does it mean, so the first option, Rav says, is that he actually looked at them. Rabbi Shemekamliel says that whenever a Tamachacham looks at somebody, that, he, that person either turns to death or poverty. Shmuel says he saw that all of their mothers had become pregnant on Yom Kippur, which one is not allowed to do. Tashmish is also. Third, Rav Yitzchak tells us, Rav Yitzchak Nafcha says, ro Yitzchak says, I'm not sure what that means. The fourth option, of Yochanan, says he saw that they had no moisture, they had no saturation of mitzvahs. Or maybe their children would have, no, As it says, he didn't see mitzvahs in them or in their offsprings forever. That's why he cursed them to die. So what happened next? The passage says, two bears came out from the forest from the forest. They mauled 42 children. Here, Rav and Shmuel disagree. One says that it was one nace, one says it was two nissim. One says that it was a single nace. There was a forest over there, and the bears just showed up. The other one says that it was a double nace because not only was there no bears, there wasn't even a forest. The Gemara says, why do you need a forest? Just have bears. The Gemara answers that they would have been scared. Maybe the bears would not have felt comfortable to be ferocious like that, if they didn't have their environment. And the Chanina tells us that because of the forty-two carbonates that Balak, Malach Mayav brought, Chai Israel lost these forty-two children. The Kamar says, "Really?" But Yehuda the Marav told us that we should always learn uh, because mitach balishma. Because even though Balak had terrible intentions when he was bringing his karbonas, at the end of the day, he did bring 42 karbonas, and he was then zeichet to have from him Rus and ultimately Yahala HaMelech. And if ben Chuni tells us, Rus was the daughter of Eglon, the son of Balak. So why would bad things be coming from those karbonas? It sounds like he got schusim from those karbonas. And the Gemara says, yeah, he got the schusim from the actual karbonas, but since he was desiring with these karbanas to curse Gal Yisrael, he was punished for that. Bad things came from there. And the people in Yericha told Elisha, when he showed up, you know, we have a fantastic city. Gemara says, hang on, but if the water was sour, why are you saying that it's a nice city? What's nice about the city? Without water you have nothing, so Khanan said. There's a special chen that people have on the city, on their hometown. Reb Yerchanan says there are three chains. For some reason you just find it pleasant. There's the one's hometown. And number two is a wife finds chen with her husband. And number three, customer finds chen in the item he purchased. Next, the Gemara says that Elisha became sick three times. One for cursing these children with the bears. Two for pushing away Gei Chazi with both his hands. And three was his final illness that led to his ultimate demise. When it says, Velisha Chala as Choli of Yama's boy. The Gemara tells us that one should always be small doicha v'yamin mikarevas. When giving toichacha, the toichacha should be a, a proof to the person that they're better than that. Even their small doicha should have yamin mikarevas within it. As opposed to Elisha, he pushed geicha away with both hands. And not like Yeshua ben Parachia who pushed away his Talmud, he pushed away Yeshu with two hands. By Elisha, we see the Pesach says, and It says, the gemara says, "Did you really take all of that? All it took was the the, the kesef and the begodim." The gemara, Ravitzchak, answers that Elisha was then learning the sugya of Shmuel and and he said, "Rasha, you're going to be merkavli schar in this world for this story that you're learning." And Naaman had Saras, him and his children. So there's four people with Saras. Abyechanan explains it's referring to Gechazi and his three sons. Those are the four people with Saras. The Passock says, Why did he leave? Why did he go there? Abyechanan says, He went to go convince Gehazi to do tshuva, but he didn't do tshuva. What happened? He told him, Come back with me. And he said, No, I learned from you that anybody who does an Avera, that's Machdi the Rabbin, causes other people to sin he can't do tshuva, what is he supposed to do, asks the Gemara. Or rather, what did Gehazi do so bad? What was his avera? So the first option is that he put a a magnet on Yerovam's avoy de Zorah that made it look like it was flying. Others say that he put the Shem Hashem in its mouth that allowed it to talk and say, And third option was that he prevented people from going to learn by Elisha. You see, the Pesach says that at one point people were complaining that it got squishy. See, until then, there was plenty of room because Gehazi wasn't letting people in. He was convincing them not to go. What happened with Yeshua ben Prachia that he pushed away his Talmud with two hands? Well, when Yanai HaMelech was killing the Tamid HaChobim, Shimon ben Shetach hid with his sister. While Rav Yeshua ben Prachia ran to Alexandria in Mitzrayim. When he, when he was okay over there, he sent an encoded message to Hashem Ben Shetach saying, Hashem Ben Shetach, Amani Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh L'Choa, Alexandria Shal-Metraim, HaKoy Sibal, Yishor Roy B'Soychom, V'Ani Yoshev HaShoymeimah. So he took from that message that everything was okay. There was Shalom over there and that he was in Yerushalayim. So when he finally came, um on his way to Yerushalayim, he, he he got hosted by some fantastic hosts who were serving them on hands, hands and knees. And he was mishtabeach them, and he said, what fantastic hosts these are. One of his Talmud, Yeshu, said, yeah, Rebbe, well, her eyes are are off. He was looking at her physical appearance. So he looked at his Talmud and said, Rasha, is that what you're thinking about? He took uh, 400 shoifers, and he put this Talmud, he put Yeshu in Khayrim and every day, Yeshu came asking to be let out of Kherom and he wouldn't accept it. One day, Hitaka was ready to let Yeshu out of the Kherom, but he was in the middle of Krishna when he showed up, so he gestured with his hand to wait till he was done, but Yeshu took that to mean a rejection. So he's like, you know, forget about it. He took a stone, he propped it up, and he worshipped it as a way to Zara. Efeshuban Pracha turns to him and says, Zadigal, do Tshuva. He said, no, I can't do Tshuva. I heard from you that anyone who doesn't have Aaron is Mahdi the Rabbim. He can't do tshuva. Right, there are three things. There's a uh, kishrof hesach ha- kishrof hesis v'hidiach and a-macht yisarabim. And our of Shimon Benelazah, tells us that there are three people who one should, specifically with them, a small doiche v'yamin with the yezohara, with the children, and with one's wife. In the next Mishnah, we go back to agla Rufa, and we find that if, after doing agla Rufa, or rather before actually smashing the Agla's neck, you find the murderer of this corpse, then you just let that Agla go. It could go graze in the field. But once you did Agla Rufa, then bury that animal on the spot because you're only bringing it to Suffolk. You don't know which city had the murderer. And now you know. If they did the Agla Rufa, they smash his neck on the back and then they find the murderer. That murderer is still Chaev Misa, just because he doesn't get off the hook. If one aide says that he saw the murderer, another aide says that, that he did not, or a woman says that she saw it, another woman says that she didn't, you still do egla rufa. If one aide says that he saw it, and two aidum say he didn't say it, that he didn't see the egla, he didn't see the, the murder, we still do egla rufa. If two aidums say they see they saw the murderer, and one says you didn't. The two override the one, and you don't do a glarufa. You're, you don't have, you have no more suffik. The Mishnah tells us that when there were so many murderer murder murderers happening, they stopped bringing that glarufa. When when uh, Eliezer ben Dinoi and Trino ben Prisha, these bandits came. They would say, you you know, you're walking towards murderers. When there was an explosion of menafim, of infidelity. They stopped using the Meisotah. Remember when we set the Yeah, they stopped using that. And Reb Yerchanan ben stopped it. He said, the Pesach says, Loy ki taznino Al ki sinofeno ki hem. That the soita is not going to work on the world of Zonus. When Yosem ben Yehezer is traded and Yosem ben Yehuda, Ishi Yerushalayim passed away, we no longer had Eshkolis, which the Gemara will explain what eshkoleis means. We see this in the of passage. Only after they were nifter did we start having machloiksem. He stopped the practice of the vidwe Meiser after bringing all of the chumasam of the year. It's called the vidwe ma'iser, the egelazov. He also stopped the and the Noikfin, the Gemara explains what those are. He also disallowed even doing to... Gdavara Oved on Cholam Moid. and he made Xerah, and every, everything you buy has to require true muslimister, so there's never an issue of demai. The Gemara first asks, how do we know that once the Eglarufa is done, and then you find the murderer, that he's still Chayim Misa? The Pasuk says, bedam Now he said that if one aid comes and another aid counteracts his aidos, then we're still besoffing and we're going to do an Agla Rufa. But that's only because we had a counter-aid echad. Otherwise, we would believe that one guy. How do we know that we would believe one aid on the murderer to dissolve the Agla Rufa process? We learned the Pusik says that lo da miha koyen. If you would know, however, who the murderer was, even if it's only one aid is telling me, even if that aid is across the globe, you wouldn't do an Eglarufa. Rabbi Akiva says, How do we know that Sanhedrin would not do an Eglarufa if one person sees the murder? That, we learned that from the Passock lo Laira'u. Sanhedrin, only if Sanhedrin's eyes did not see it, but if they do have eyes that saw it, even if it's one person, Eglarufa is off. The Gemara says, Once we're going to believe in Eid Echad, why does the other Eid Echad discredit him? Ula says that whenever you have. Something, an aid is that you'll believe, the Torah trusts this one person, we trust him like two people, and no matter who comes afterwards, we already have our two aid them, Ula answers you're right, you have to say that you don't do the Agla Rufa, because we are going to trust him, even though you have a counter Eid Echad, says the same thing, you takah believe that first Eid like he's too. and Echidah says no, you still do the Agla Rufa when you have one against one aid Ah, we have a kasha according to Reb Re- Re- and Ula. It depends when the, these aid, 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 aid echods came. If they came simultaneously, it's different than when they come one after another. One after another, we're going to believe the first guy like two. We're going to lock him in, so when the second aid comes, we don't believe him. But if they come simultaneously, they can't discredit each other. In the Mishnah, we learn, if one aid says that he saw the murder, and then two agents say that they that didn't see the murder, we're back to our Suffolk and we do an Agla Arufa. But if it's one and one, you don't do an Agla Arufa. That's a ba'am Kasha who says that you would still do the Agla Arufa. The Gemara says, hang on, you have bigger kashas than that. Look at the sefer of that Mishnah. If two people say that they saw it and one says that the murder never happened, or didn't. Or they didn't see it, you don't do the Agla Arufa. Aye. That's only if it's two against one, but if you have one against one, Tzmashman, you would do an Egl arufa. You're still besafik. We have to say that our whole Mishnah is talking about the psule eidos, like Rabbi Nechemia told us. Whenever the Torah believes one aid, we trust him as if he's two. Or rather, we go after roiv deus. And if you have two women and one man, it's as if you have two men against one man. Alternatively, the Gemara answers that whenever you have one aid kosher coming first, even a hundred women coming afterwards, they will count like one person coming afterward. I mean, here we're talking about a case where the first aid, Echon, was a woman. And we're answering like Rabbi Nechemia. He says that whenever the terror trusts one person, you go after the rave days, you just count the numbers, and two women will just count count just as much as two men. And they'll overpower a counter, aid from one man. However, if you have two women versus one man, that counts like a 50-50, now we just have to figure out why you need two psuleyadus. And the Gemara explains, and I might think that we go bus a roiv deus, we just count up how many aid we have, lechumrah, but not lekula. And over here, we learned that even lekula, we could go basar roiv deus. Now we head back into a little more agarata. We said that when there were a lot of murderers, they stopped doing their glarufa. And the Gemara, we learned they were only bringing the glarufa, but When you have so many murderers, out in the open, we stopped doing that. glarufa. When infidelity was rampant, we stopped using the meisaita, because the passage says, When the husband is also clean from sin, then the waters will check the wife. But since everyone was being Mazana, the meisaita didn't work anymore. The passage says, What's that telling me? It's not talking about the women themselves and their averas. As opposed to her sons and daughters, that's why the pasuk says Lo yevkad al benaseichem. He says Then of al khalo yaseichem kis sinofenah. Maybe it was only an issue of eishes but not of unmarried girls. That's what the gemara answers. That's what the pasuk responds. Ki him am hazoyna zipodu va'am hakdeishu What does it mean when the pasuk says Ve'im loyovin yilavet? If you don't understand, you'll stumble. Rabbi Lazar explains. Then Obi is telling Kleistrel, "If you take care of yourself and you stay away from any Aveiras, the mesoita will be bodek your wives. But if not, then the May will not work, and the mesoita was therefore put out of use, taken out of circulation." The Gemara continues that when the Bale Hano became rampant, they started bribing the judges, and then. People could do whatever they want. There was total anarchy in the world. People didn't like laws. They wanted to do whatever gave them hana. And there was no more noyach ba'elam. Something which you can see nowadays. When there was too much bribery in the world, so there was no more din. The Apostle says, They stopped having love It was just of people. When they would bribe people with words, the, again, the justice system broke down. And Hashem got angry with Kalei Israel and the Shechino left. You see this in the yishpoit," When there was too much when there were so many bribes, we got more. Everything good turned bad and everything bad became good. And when that came to be, when everyone was saying that good things are bad and bad things are good, there was a spread of, of outcry, of woe to the world when there was an outbreak of Gaiva in the world. There were plenty of teachers, but no tell me that No one wanted to learn from anybody. <laughs> they knew everything. And the Taira was just searching for someone to learn it. And when there were all these haughty teachers, the haughty people walking around, the daughters of Khaistel started marrying them because that generation was very superficial, couldn't see what was inside. The Gemara says, really? They couldn't notice the Gaiva? Even their own family members spot the haughty one in the family. The <speaking in Hebrew> Gemara answers that while they didn't realize it, at first, as soon as they were married, they realized that they had married a haughty man. When the judges started in, started investing and making money from the balabatim, the bribes went crazy, and there was no more mishpat left in the world. There was no more good when people were only just trying to take good and hold on to the good. Everyone just did whatever they wanted. It was not a society of obligations. It was, an obli- it was a society of rights. All the low people became great and all the high people became low. And Malchus became repugnant. When the miserly people spread through the world, people stopped giving gifts and stopped lending money. They were even what the Torah the, the ter- tells us, They weren't looking out for their downtrodden brothers. When people had outstretched necks and wandering eyes, there were plenty of people who needed the mesaita, but they ran out. They stopped using it. It wasn't being effective, like we said before, if the husbands weren't being loyal. When those who started, those who accept the gifts, it was, became uh, acceptable to, to take gifts. People started dying young because the Pesach says should, we should hate taking gifts. Th- those who hate gifts live. When people stopped listening to their abayim z'chuche ha'lev grew in Kali Israel. When the makhavli tzedakah from Goyim the accepting tzedakah from Goyim when that started happening enlarged Kali Yisrael became downtrodden and thrown to the back. And we said when the Zog of Yosem ben Yezir and Yosem ben Yechon, when they passed away, we lost Ashkoiles. What's Ashkoiles? And Yehuda Al-Mashmal explains. It's Ish Shehakol Boy. who is was pure Tyra without any perversion, no forgetting, and no machlaikas. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.